With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Road podcast for and by Rockies fans. All righty, welcome back everybody to the Pebble Report podcast. I'm Sam Bradfield, and as always, I'm joined by Eric Garcia McKinley. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk a little bit about Rockies minor leaguers, given how uh, not great things are going with the big league club. So yeah, yeah, got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. I want to start with uh, Dom Nunez because he was recently called up on uh, Tuesday, made his major league debut. And that was really cool because I actually uh, happened to be at that game. And it was fun because we were doing the, you know, pregame media scrum. Oh, how you doing? How does it feel to be here? All that kind of stuff. Um, and at one point he was talking about all this information that he'd been getting from like Drew Butera and um, Thomas. It was fu- uh, Thomas Harding. It was really funny. At one point, Dom was like, yeah, I, I had this interview like a month ago um, with some reporter and we were talking about all this information I got. And Thomas looked at him and was like, who interviewed you? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I don't know. It was, you know, someone from Denver, I think. And Thomas kind of, you know, looked at me and then we kept talking to talking to Dom. And then afterward, I went up up to Dom and said, oh, hey, good to see you. Congratulations. And he's like, oh, man, it was you that was there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I totally forgot, but it's good to see you again. <laughs> well, I well, I mean, well, that tells me that. Uh, well, one, uh, yeah, yes, these these guys talk to a lot of people, and it's like, oh, I don't know, I talked to somebody. It was an interview. Two, uh, well, something you asked him must have stuck with him. So, like, was it what what were what was he talking about? Was this about? Because like one thing I found really interesting in the the piece you wrote. Um, uh, after you talked to him when he was down in Albuquerque was the mentorship that he was getting on with Drew Butera. We talked about it here um, in one of a couple episodes ago as well. Um, was that was that the thread he was talking about or was this uh, what else what else did you ask him that maybe stuck with him that made him recall talking to you? I don't know. I think it was it, he was really talking about all of just all of the information. I think I think at that point he was talking about Tony Walters, who's kind of, you know, the new mentor guy so they were they were talking about um i think they were talking about their video session and how tony at that point like called him into the video session and they were talking about the scouting reports and the and all the information and all the information and all the information there's a lot of information that goes into catching um so i think it was just kind of again yeah just talking about the information and just recalled that interview yeah so how do you how what was your sense of his i mean it's going to take him a little while as catchers do to to adjust like I mean given your given you know the the conversations you've had with him about what he was getting from Drew Butera and what he's now getting from Tony and you also talked to Tony as well um what do you think how do you think um because like you know what you know on this on this podcast and when with uh, like all the pebble reports we're all we're always thinking about the future it's very future oriented like how are they going to 
adjust and become big league contributors. So what's your sense now of like uh, Dom Nunez and how he's how he's uh, going to to adjust in his first trip here to the majors? I mean, I, I do think he's ready just based off of like the last the, I mean, the one game he played, he was behind the plate and of course, unfortunately caught Jeff Hoffman <laughs> that day who got who had um, quite the outing. Um, well, it, it wasn't Dom's it, fault. As far that is as we true. Know. That so, is true. <laughs> as far as far as we know, maybe maybe it was a poorly called game. I don't know, but it, it seemed like more of a Jeff Hoffman thing than yeah. A to, I mean, thing. to be fair, he also caught then Jesus Sinoco and Carlos Estevez, who he's caught in the past, and you know they pitched really really well, and you know Tinoco hit a single, uh-huh. so that was exciting. <laughs> two two major league first hits on Tuesday night, uh, Dom and Jesus. And, um, anyway, but yeah, just based off of how, um, how Dom was swinging the bat, he had two really, really, really high pop-ups. Um, but then on his fourth at bat, he hit that, uh, home run into the bullpen. So offensively, I think, um, I think he's ready on that regard, but even talking to talking to Tony after the game on Wednesday, um, he really talked about how calm Dom seemed to be behind the plate. Really slow heartbeat, really seemed to know what he was doing. I mean, it's all about filter again, filtering down the scouting reports and filtering down that information. But like Tony had really glowing reviews of him. He says, you know, both of them are uh, converted infielders. So that's something. And they're both very similar profiles. So if if Tony can do it, I think Dom, I think Dom can do it. All right. Well, that sounds great about uh, Dom Nunez. Hope he does well. Um, so I um, want to talk a little bit about uh, the Arizona Fall League, which starts a little earlier this year, um, starts on September 18th. And this is, you know, going to, you know, lead the Rockies to make some uh, interesting decisions, but um, um, some roster decisions. But first, um, so who do you, Sam, who do you, who do you see maybe, um playing for the uh, the Salt River Rafters this um, this year, the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, the Salt River Rafters with their new logo. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, all of the teams got new logos this year. I had no year. idea. Honestly, I'm honestly not a fan of the Rafters nope. one. But that's something we could talk about later. Um, anyway, so the, the names that come to mind for me um, would probably be Rico Garcia, because he has kind of been all over the place this year. Some of that's just playing in Albuquerque. So I could see him going down to Phoenix or Scottsdale to be, you know, to kind of maybe reset a little bit and get kind of his confidence and some of his command back. Cause I know he's run into some really bad luck in Albuquerque. He just earned his first win in his last start. So he's been, he's been struggling, but I think he would be one to, depending on his innings and how, how he feels and everything, maybe be a selection. Um, another one that I thought of was uh, Colton Welker, who just was activated off of the seven-day injured list recently. Uh, actually, today, yesterday, August 14th. Um, I don't know exactly what his injury was, but seeing a, like seeing kind of what he's done in the Eastern League and in A. He's been kind of okay, but he's one of those highly touted prospects. I mean, he's, I think, number four on our perps list right now. He's one mm-hmm. that is highly regarded. So I could see him going to the Fall League, especially after spending the last um, month on the injured list, just to kind of see how he can do. Um, 
And then the other one, depending on like roster spots and because it's it because it starts in the middle of September, that's right in the middle of September call-ups. It's right at the mm-hmm. end of the mm-hmm. season. So it's really tricky to I think I think Zach Wilson and you know Jeff Breidich and everybody else in charge of the farm system is gonna have their their work cut out for them deciding who's gonna go who's gonna go to the mm-hmm. you know to the folly, who's gonna go to Denver, who's gonna be just mm-hmm. you know there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so <clears throat> Ben Bowden is one that I could see kind of going either way. Either either he'll come up and be a back end of the bullpen guy in September as a fresh arm, or he could possibly also go to Arizona as one of those elite prospects that they want to see some more action from. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so you, you went to, you, I mean, you went to the, some of the Arizona folly games last year, right? The rafters. Yeah. I went to, well, I covered two games last year and then went to a bunch of games. And I also went to a bunch in 2016. I only went to one in, in 2017, just got busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually missed Dom Nunez mm. in 2017, but, um, but that's okay. So yeah, I saw Ryan McMahon and Pat Vileka in 16. And then last year, um, Fuentes and Hilliard and Justin Lawrence and Tyler Nevin. Jesus Tinoco was there. Mitch Horacek was there. There's one more that I'm missing, I think. Oh, and Ryan Castellani. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you think that, like, what do you think that these, these, I mean, what do you think that these, uh, these prospects get out of like playing on the Arizona Fall League, you know, for the Salt River Rafters. I mean, it's, you know, they, they get to play more consistent balls. I think probably, you know, certainly more than if they were, you know, part of a 40 man call up, although maybe this year it'll be a little bit different since the Rockies aren't going to be in contention, but what's, um, what's, what's this value that you, what do you think the value is for, for these guys to get a spot on the AFL, on the AFL team? Well, based on uh, conversations really that I had with Sam Hilliard, he re- uh, last year he really talked about just being able to get yeah get the extended at bats and be able to play more and play in the off season. And for uh, for Tyler Nevin, since he's been injured a lot, he talked a lot about just again just getting the extended at bats because he's at that point had never played a full season. Um, so that's why I, I look at guys like Colton Welker, who's at least this year has been injured. Um, he was injured, looks like, in Asheville as well. Um, so maybe just getting some of, yeah, the consistency, the more the more at-bats, maybe even just a couple of different voices in their mm. head. You know, you go through, I mean, you know, they both, uh, Hilliard and Nevin both have been in one one uh, level this year, and they were the same, and it was the same last year. So just going and being able to play with, different level guys and being and you know especially mm-hmm. for the hitters being able to see some of the higher level pitchers the triple a the double a pitchers and just getting different voices and different scouts and um i think is really valuable for them in their learning yeah process. yeah i wonder if i wonder if tyler nevin might also be due for uh another trip there because he's had he's had a little bit of a not great season for hartford um he's like i don't the last last time we talked about him it was his his on base skills were pretty were pretty decent, but he wasn't hitting for any power. Um, do you think maybe he's he's got a? Uh, what do you think? Might he uh, make another 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 visit to the AFL this year? Yeah, maybe. It's hard to say because he yeah, like you said, has been kind of eh in Hartford at best this year. 
And But last year in the AFL, he won the batting title and he was just like killing it going through that system. So I hmm. I don't know exactly where what what's going to happen with him because he's Rule 5 eligible this year, but I don't know if he'll necessarily warrant a 40-man spot, let alone a call-up. But I don't know if they would send him back to Arizona. So I don't I don't know exactly what they're going to yeah. do with Tyler Nevin. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like something something's God, so, I and I know we talked about him before, so I don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse, but something's something's got to be off with him, like with his slugging percentage at 376 this year. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, I've never really seen that from him since he was an 18-year-old in Grand Junction. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see about him. So yeah, so I I, I think I think I think those are all good calls. I think I especially like uh um like the idea of Colton Walker. He'd be really he'd be really fun to see. Like yeah, like one of the like you're totally right number four per prospect um our purple row prospect so yeah that would be really fun to see him there i mean another one speaking of perps that i was again thinking about with innings and everything ryan rollison because you can call up or you can send a guys uh justin lawrence was a lancaster guy last mm. year Interesting. so well and so was nevin so was nevin so maybe maybe rollison Ooh. will go that that would be really cool. You know what? That would be even more exciting than Colton Walker <laughs> to see Ryan Rollison go to the yeah. AFL to see what he can do against uh, some top prospects from different leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he struggled a little bit in Lancaster, but some of that might just be Lancaster. He still has, I think, some pretty good stats. Let me look it up so I can look up specifics. Yeah, four, here. 14 innings. Um, or no, no, that was looking at... He had 14 in innings in Asheville. Yeah. I, was... um, I mean, he's got, yeah, 100 and a third innings in Lancaster, four and six record, and a 5.02 ERA. Which for Lancaster is not terrible, I think. And I think I think that is a really, really difficult pitching environment. And I think, like, if he's, if he's working on stuff and, like, developing and he ends up with a five ERA in Lancaster, that's probably not the worst thing in the world because he's still striking out nine and a half guys per nine innings walking 2.7 those are good numbers um 3.5 strikeout to walk ratio so yeah that that'd be really man I, I like i really i really love that idea so i mean and he he was a little he was injured earlier this year or he was no he wasn't injured he was just put on the temporary inactive mm-hmm. list so he hasn't been injured but um yeah, I just look at some of his numbers, and I think, I mean, he had a in Asheville in three games. He had an 0.61 ERA, and that's not Lancaster. So I think Phoenix would be a comparable environment to Asheville. So, or at least more comparable than going to Lancaster. Um, so I could see, you know, if he goes to Phoenix and goes and plays in the AFL, I think he could do really All well. Right. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. Let's let's hope that happens. So um, yeah, it should be. Should be sometime within the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. For uh, do you have do you have any uh, any inside information on when the uh, AFL rosters are going to be released? I don't, but based off of their uh, Twitter account, someone asked about it on Twitter, and they just said by the end okay. of the month. So by the I mean by the end of August because it starts middle of September. So <laughs> all right, 
Cool, cool. Um, all right, so let's um, let's speaking of September, let's talk a little bit about um, potential September call-ups as well. Um, so I was just looking through the forty-man roster. Um, you have to be on the forty-man to get the to get the September call-up, and then looking also at our um, top perps list. And there's really one current, well, a couple actually currents that could get the call for September. So Josh Fuentes. Um, which mm-hmm. will, you know, will need some, like, more of these Major League Act bats. I'd expect to see him. Although, you know, from the sort of fan perspective, you're more excited about the guys that are getting the first their first tries. So um, mm-hmm. in that category, we really just have Sam Hilliard. Um, we've talked about him a little bit before. He's shown some good power numbers in the PSL, uh, PCL, although PCL plays very weirdly this year. Um, and he's... I don't know. He seems like a guy who's like maybe a fourth or fifth outfielder, but still, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he could, you know, hit really long home runs or something in the majors. Um, but I want to talk about potentials. So guys who are not on the forty man roster um, will be Rule Five eligible. So eligible to be taken in the Rule Five draft, and in order to be protected, you have to be added to the forty man. So. There's there are a handful of guys who could potentially are, are are probably going to get protected after the season anyways. So there's maybe some reason to just protect them now and to give them an opportunity to play in the majors in September. Um, a couple of guys we already mentioned, but um, so what do you think? So Rico Garcia is one. So Rico Garcia is gotten hit around a little bit in triple a you mentioned him i think is a good pick to um or possibly a good bet to go to the arizona fall league this year but what do you think like what do you think rico garcia would would be more beneficial to him to go to the afl considering that he's had a little bit trouble in triple a or for the rockies to maybe just like use him out of the bullpen a little bit in september to see how he does against major league pitching um, so what do you think? Because because Rico Garcia, if the Rockies want him to be on the team next year, they're going to need to protect him since he's he's a Triple A pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's he would I would imagine he'd probably be, get selected in the Rule Five draft. So what what do you think? What's what what would be best for Rico? Yeah, I mean, especially with his his really good numbers just this mm-hmm. year. I mean, not necessarily with Triple A, but some of the Triple A issues have just been bad luck. Anyway, um, I do. Th- I mean, we talked about Rico. In Bud Black's pregame presser, probably like six weeks ago or something. It was sometime in June. They asked him about it. Was, it was right, right around the time mm-hmm. he got promoted, um, that people started asking him, asking Bud about Rico, because he kind of at this point is kind of their next mm-hmm. option um, as a, a starter who's actually a starter, not being stretched out or moved around and doing weird things like they're doing with Chris Resson. So I could definitely see them. Uh, calling him him up actually as a as a bullpen guy, just to get him acclimated, get him on you know on the team, get him at Coors Field, just to kind of see what he does. Um, more so, I think I think that would be a better better spot for him. The more mm-hmm. I think about it, um, yeah, we'll kind of see yeah. what they do. And I think like the same the same really applies to Ben Bowden. Same situation, Rule Five eligible. He seems he seems maybe more likely um, to get that 
to get that spot. Of course, this would always this this all mm-hmm. requires removing somebody from the forty man roster, which is a different conversation. But just you know, it, he seems he seems like somebody who we know he's going to be a reliever, and you can you can put him in in low leverage situations. You know, in a blowout, mm-hmm. whether the Rockies are you know on the go to the bad side of it, just to get some innings. I mean, do you, or you know. Because he, he he did have a Ben Bowden did have a pretty poor showing in the uh, the the futures game so maybe you know the AFL is a little bit more like that so he's another guy too who could probably go either way as you, you know as you mentioned yeah I think the thing with Bowden though is he seems a there's a need in the bullpen mm. much you know much higher of a need in the bullpen especially for those kind of back end guys and he's been a closer. So I think he definitely he's been talked around getting that call up. I think that would he's closer to the majors, I think, than Rico Garcia. So that would, I think, for him, warrant a call up more so than Rico. Um, or who knows? Maybe they'll both get called up and they can be roommates oh, again. Hey. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I definitely think Bowden would be one to to be called up in September. I've thought that for a while. So I could I could definitely see that happening. He's got hit around a little bit more recently. Um really since let's see, Ju- July twenty-fourth, he's gotten hit around a little bit. He had a f- yeah, two thirds of an inning, five five run game. Um, two hits, five runs on July twenty eighth. And he's been, you know, so the the ERAs and that kind of stuff is coming down since then. Mm-hmm. But he's really only had one that's really been his only like blowout mm-hmm. inning this whole year. So I, I think he's definitely talented enough to to be called up. Yeah, I would I would love to to see him. Uh, I would love to see him get some get some uh, uh, major league experience. All right. Yeah, I just think there's more of a need for him than Rico at this. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree because I mean you know. Still need to see what John Gray's how he's going to hold up for the rest of the season. Same with Herman, Kyle Freeland. Still trying to get him right. Like so, the I mean, the the rotation does seem like a little bit more um, stable. Plus, like in September, you could just roll out some uh, bullpen games if you need to. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So last, so two more guys, but I'll say lastly because in my mind they're kind of exactly the same, even though I know they're not. Um, <laughs> Roberto Ramos and Brian Mundell, both sort of sluggers, both guys who um, would need to be um, protected after this season, and both guys in AAA, so pretty much on the cusp. Um, Brian Mundell played in the AFL in 2017. Ramos has not. But both guys with like 900-plus OPSs in AAA so far this year. year. Um, Do you think – what do you think for them – um, I guess it's two questions. Do you think that these these are guys who it would be worth to find a roster roster spot for to get some big league at bats? And two, like where where's the most benefit for them? Like where are they gonna grow most in the majors or or uh, getting the consistency of the AFL? I might start with Ramos on this one um, because he reminds me a lot of Sam Hilliard, just kind of high power numbers, but also high strikeout ratio, um, and so. My logic goes one of two ways. The first way is Sam Hilliard was in the fall league last year, kind of for the same reason, cut down on the strikeouts. Let's adjust the swing. Let's do a couple other things. 
So I could see uh, Ramos being this year's Sam Hilliard in on the Folly roster, just trying to yeah cut down on this on the strikeouts, work on that swing. Um, but also in the same light, we you know we mentioned earlier Sam Hilliard is a prime candidate to be called up on September first. So in that logic, Ramos could also be called up. You know, because if you're going to call up Hilliard, then why not call up Ramos and they can kind of work together. Um, I guess in how however much an outfielder and a first baseman can work together um but mm. you know so uh, ramos is definitely gonna do something he's not just gonna finish out the season and be done i um so actually i think he might be one to go to the fall league i think he's a little bit more raw and he, and might need that consistency to see what they can do with him um which might warrant brian mundell coming up um mm. as a first baseman to i mean he's actually a first baseman so there's something to be said for that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so so i could see him see him coming up we'll kind of see the uh, he doesn't seem as not i mean he's been playing really well but i don't think he's as as flashy i guess is the word i'm looking for um compared Mm. to some of the other guys yeah Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And his power um, numbers, um, he, I mean, he's only got nine homers on the year, and that's really only come recently. He's really kind of finally figured it out um, within the last, like, month yeah. or so. Yeah, that's true. He's He does strike out much less, yes. um, I have to say, than, than Ramos. Uh, I was just 18% uh, in AAA this year. Ramos is at 28%. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, yeah. Ramos Ramos does strike me as one of those like with those with those high high strikeout numbers. He's like one of those guys who's going to come up and strike out half the time in his first month in the big leagues. Yeah. But so I, I think he'll go to the fall league because, like I said, you know Hilliard did that, and I think didn't Trevor Story go to the fall league in like fifteen? I think or fourteen. I don't know. I feel like he did. I could be wrong. That was before I was down there, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Let's see. He did play Trevor Story, um, Arizona Fall League, 2014. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was before I was in Phoenix, so. All right, so then where we're landing here is, let's see, so um, Arizona Fall League, you know, possibly Rico Garcia, Colton Walker, Ryan Rollison. No, this is not official. These are this is speculation here. And Roberto Ramos. And Roberto Ramos, call ups um, that would require a forty man. Well, call ups that does not require a forty man spot. You know, um, besides the guys who have already debuted, like Noel Cuevas, uh, Jonathan Daza, Sam, um, and Josh, Josh Fuentes. Fuentes. Yeah, there's Sam Hilliard, and then guys who could maybe see or maybe it would be benefit them to get a. a a roster spot for a September call-up rather than an appearance in the AFL. Ben Bowden and is that it? Brian Mundell. And Brian Mundell with Ramos more likely or more beneficial maybe for the AFL. Uh-huh. All right. Well, cool. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see how this all shakes out. It shakes out right. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's wrong, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> it's just speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Alrighty, well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Pebble Report podcast. I'm Sam Bradfield, and uh, he's Eric Garcia McKinley. You can follow us at Purple Row, at Pebble Report, and then I'm at Sammy B underscore 27, and he's at Garcia McKinley, all on Twitter. So if you want to get your updates on minor leaguers and all things Purple Row, follow us on Twitter. Thanks for coming, Eric. All right. Thanks, Sam. See you later. See ya.